God's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I'm going to be speaking this morning from the 38th chapter of Genesis, and it is one of the more bizarre stories in the Bible, but let me remind you, the Lord said, you search the scriptures, in them you think you have life, and they are they which testify of me, and this passage in Genesis chapter 38, is given to testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in this chapter, there is disobedience. There is remarkable hypocrisy. There is incest. There is prostitution. There is deceit. This is a very bizarre chapter. And in this, we're given a very clear picture of how it is that God saves sinners. And let me remind you, while all of this evil is in this chapter, God does what only God can do. God brings good out of evil. The best Example of that is the cross. What is the most evil thing to ever take place when Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross? And what good God brought out of that evil event, the complete salvation of all of his people? Aren't you thankful that God brings good out of evil? And we see this in this story. And what gives us the significance of this story right off the bat is this is part of the genealogy of Christ. This woman Tamar in this story who uh, dressed up as a harlot and deceived her father-in-law, the Christ would come through this event. She is one of five women mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, and she is the first, this woman, Tamar. Now, this uh, story has a very odd setting. It's in the, uh, it's an intermission in the story of Joseph. Joseph is sent down to Egypt, and you could read Genesis 37 and 39 seamlessly, and 38 doesn't even fit in the story. But God the Holy Spirit makes this bizarre story, and remember, God is the author of this. All Scripture, including Genesis 38, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And in this story, we are given how a sinner can be accepted by God. Now, that ought to pique our interest. Now, let's read the story in Genesis chapter 38. And it came to pass at that time that Judah 
went down from his brethren. Now, Judah is the one through whom the Christ would come. He is called, the Lord Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, Judah was the fourth son, yet the Christ would come through Judah. Now, Judah has just left his brethren. Uh, They have just sold Joseph into Egypt. And perhaps Judah, it was his idea to sell him. Perhaps he was doing that to deliver him, deliver his brother Joseph from his bloodthirsty brethren. Perhaps he was just um, taken up by seeing his father mourn. He said his father would mourn all the way to the grave. But he leaves his brethren and he goes into the land of Canaan. And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned unto a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite. Now before I go on, the children of Israel, the children of Abraham, were forbidden to marry Canaanites. And when that happened, there would be great grief. And it was wrong, but Judah did it anyway. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. Uh, The father's name was Shua. We're not even given the name of this woman that Judah saw. And the scripture says, he saw her, he took her, and he went in unto her. And she became his wife. And she conceived and bare a son and called his name Er. And she conceived again and bare a son and called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son and called his name Shelah. And he, Judah, was at Jezeb when she bare him. He wasn't even there for this uh, birth of the third child. Verse 6, And Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. Now Judah selected a wife for his firstborn son, Tamar. Now remember, it's through this woman that the Christ would come. And she is the first woman mentioned in the genealogies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we read an heir. This is the man that Judah selected this woman Tamar for. And heir Judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. Now we're not told what heir did, but we're told what the Lord did. The Lord slew him. And Judah said unto Onan, this is the secondborn, Go in unto thy brother's wife and marry her and raise up seed to thy brother. Now this is the way it was done back then. If you died without an heir, uh, your brother would come into the wife and and raise up seed so your property could be preserved. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. And it came to pass when he went in unto his brother's wife that he spilled it on the ground lest that he should give seed to his brother. He did not want to have this child because he knew it would not be his. Perhaps he thought, I'll have more inheritance if I don't have this child. So he did this, and the thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. Now, Judah's first two sons, in their connection with Tamar, have been put to death. And I think Judah's thinking, Tamar's with my firstborn, he's killed. Tamar's with my secondborn, he's killed. Tamar is the problem. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at thy father's house till Shelah, my son, be grown. 
For he said, lest peradventure he die also, as his brethren did. I don't think he had any intention of giving uh, Tamar to his third son because he's afraid he would be killed. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. And in process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. This woman who bore him three sons died. And Judah was comforter. The time of mourning was over. And he went up unto his sheep shears to Timnath, he and his friend Hira the Adullamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Behold, thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. And she remembered that she should be getting his third-born son. It had not happened. So she comes up with a plan, this plan of deceit. Verse 14, And she put her widow's garments off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place, which is by the way to Timnath. For she saw that Shelah was grown and she was not given unto him the wife. She saw that Judah had not been honest with her and had not fulfilled his responsibility toward her. And she was left without any children. Now, when Judah saw her, he thought her to be an harlot. He did not know this was his daughter-in-law. Her face was covered up. And he thought her to be a harlot because she'd covered her face. And he turned unto her, by the way, and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come in unto thee. He's asking her for her to do her job as a harlot. For he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What wilt thou give me that thou mayest come in to me? What are you going to pay? And he said, verse 17, I'll send thee a kid from the flock. That's my payment. And she said, what wilt thou give me a pledge till thou send it? I'm not going to take this on face value. You're going to have to give me a pledge that makes me know I'm going to receive my payment. And he said, Judah said to her, remember, he still doesn't know this is his daughter-in-law. He thinks she's a harlot. And he said, what pledge shall I give thee? And she said, thy signet, thy bracelets, and thy staff that's in thy hand. Now, his signet was his seal of identification. It was his signature. It's who he was. This could be put and waxed as his seal. This is Judah. The bracelet was the rope that tied it around his neck that kept it on him. His staff was what he walked by. Now, what she is asking for is his identification. I want your signet. I want your bracelet, your rope that holds it around your neck, and I want your staff that you walk by. That will be my pledge. Now, that would be like getting someone's social security number, their passport, and their driver's license. If they have all that, they have your identity. She asked for his identity. And he gave it to her. And came in unto her, and she conceived by him. I think that's what she wanted all along. And he still didn't know this was his daughter-in-law. She conceived by him. And she arose and went away and laid by her veil from her and put on the garment of her widowhood. She went back to what she was and had the garment of her widowhood on. And Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend, the Adullamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand. But he found her not. He had the kid. 
there was no woman there to be found. And he asked the men of that place saying, where's the harlot that was openly by the wayside? And they said, there was no harlot in this place. And he returned to Judah and said, I cannot find her. And also the men of the place said that there was no harlot in this place. Nobody knows what you're talking about. And Judah said, let her take it to her. Let her keep them then. Lest we be shamed. Behold, I sent this kid and thou hast not found her. It came to pass about three months after this. After this event that took place. Three months Later, that it was told Judah, saying, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, hath played the harlot. It was found out that she was pregnant. Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, hath played the harlot, and also, behold, she is with child by whoredom. And Judah said, Bring her forth, and let her be burnt. He was so enraged at the immorality of this woman, that he said, bring her forth, burn her at the stake. She does not deserve to live. Now, what hypocrisy on Judah's part. He's the one who impregnated her. And when he finds out she's pregnant, he doesn't know he impregnated her. When he finds out that she is conceived and was with a child, let her be burnt. I think of that scripture. Romans chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Judah was greatly guilty in this matter, but he's like us. Uh, he can justify himself. He sees the sin clearly in others and that they need to be condemned, but he's quick to justify himself. But then what does she do? Verse 25, when she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law saying, by the man whose these are, I am with child. And she said, discern, I pray thee, whose are these, the signet and bracelets and staff? And Judah looked at that signet and knew it was his. That was his identification. That was his bracelet. That was his staff. And Judah acknowledged them and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Sheila, my son, and he knew her again no more. Now he's saying what she did was wrong, but what I did was wronger. She is more righteous than I. Now, as you see from this story, there is so much sin involved. The disobedience of Judah coming into a woman from Canaan. And look at the wicked children that were born from this union. Two of them were so wicked, the Lord killed them instantly in a miraculous judgment. He didn't let them go through the course of life. And we have Judah doing wrong by Tamar he should have given her his third son, but he would not do it because he was afraid she would be killed. Judah can't be justified in his actions. We have Judah going into a harlot. At sin now, it was sin then. There wasn't anything righteous about this. There wasn't anything innocent about Judah. He was wrong in what he did. And then uh, he expressed such hypocrisy when he found out that she was 
with child and she said, bring her out and let her be burnt when he was the one who was responsible for this. And oh, the deceitfulness of this woman in this plan, her deceiving her, <clears throat> her father-in-law and acting like a harlot and conceiving. And this was always her plan all along. Now, this is a, a, <coughs> a story filled with sin, deceit, hypocrisy, disobedience, incest, prostitution. It's a bad story. It's a seedy story. Now, somebody says, where's the gospel in all this? Well, first of all, the gospel is in the seed, the promised seed, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac, the seed of Jacob, the seed of Judah, coming through this woman, Tamar. And I think it's so interesting in the genealogy of Christ, you have Tamar, this act of sin. You have Rahab. She was a harlot. You have Bathsheba. She was the one who committed adultery with David. You have Ruth. She was the product of an incestuous relationship between Lot and his daughters. You have all kinds of really scandal. And yet the Lord comes through this to let us know that salvation really is by grace. And through this event, the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, he's so gracious. He brings good out of evil. But here is where we see the gospel. This woman, Tamar, is a sinful, deceitful woman. She's caught in her sin. She is with child by whoredoms, the scripture says. And when she's to be burnt, what is the one thing that kept her from being burned at the stake? She had Judah's identification. She had Judah's identification. Now, if I'm going to be saved, the only way I'll be saved is if I have Christ's identification. When God the Father sees me, <clears throat> it's only as he sees me in Christ so that all he sees is Christ and his identification. This woman had Judah's signet, his seal, his signature. She had his staff, that by which he walked. She was saved because she had the identification of Judah. Now in this, we have a beautiful picture of how God saves sinners. If I'm saved, it's because not any goodness in me, not any merit in me, not any worthiness in me. It's because I am identified with the Lord Jesus Christ so that all God sees is Jesus Christ. He sees his identity. Now somebody says, how can that be? How can it be that I could have the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
You can have the identity of Christ if he took your identity. Now, what is meant by that? On the cross, Christ took the identity of his people. He came to save his people from their sins. And on the cross, Christ took the identity of his people. Now, I want to show you that from the scripture, from Psalm 69. We read in Psalm 69, verse 21, they gave me also gall for my meat. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Now, we know that is Christ speaking from the cross, don't we? This is preeminently a psalm of the cross. This is quoted several times in the New Testament as speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in this psalm, David says, speaking prophetically as Christ from the cross, Save me, O God, for the waters are come into my soul. I sink in deep mire where there's no standing. I'm coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail when I wait for my God. This is Christ speaking from the cross. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. This is quoted in John chapter 15 regarding the Lord Jesus Christ. They that would destroy me being mine enemies wrongfully are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. This is Christ speaking from the cross. Now listen to this. O God, thou knowest my foolishness. And my sin is not hid from thee. Notice he did not say the foolishness of Todd Nybert, which is charged to my account. He doesn't say the sin of Todd Nybert which is imputed to me. He said, Thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Now how can that be? He never sinned. He did no sin. He knew no sin. In him is no sin. He never sinned even while he was on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of the most significant verses in all the scripture. For he, God the Father, hath made him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be sin. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He took my identity, my sin, and God poured his wrath out upon him because he was made sin. He took my identity. He called my foolishness his foolishness. He called my sin his sin. He took my identity He bore what I deserved on Calvary's tree. And just as truly as he took my identity, I'm given his identity. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made 
the righteousness of God in him. Here's my identity. The righteousness of God. My fingerprints aren't on this. This is not about my anything. This is not about my preaching or my witnessing or my battle with sin or my understanding or my faith or my repentance. This is talking about the very righteousness of God being my personal righteousness, my identity. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you satisfied to have no identity but the identity of Jesus Christ? Are you satisfied for when God looks at you, all he sees is his son? Are you satisfied with that? Or would you like to add a little of yourself to it? Would you like to add a little bit of your experience and your progress and your growth and your suffering and your battle with sin and your acceptance of him, your acceptance of the author? Is your fingerprints added? Do you want that in any way? I don't. Now, let me show you this from the scripture. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. When God comes looking for me, I don't want him to find me praying or reading the Bible or witnessing or uh, in self-denial in I don't want him to find me in anything but in the Lord Jesus Christ so that all God sees is Jesus Christ so that I have the identity of Christ only. Oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. I don't want to stand in my obedience. I don't want to stand with anything with my fingerprints on it. Not having my own righteousness which is of the law. But that which is through the faithfulness of Christ. The righteousness which is of God. By faith. Now what is it that saved Tamar? She had the identity of Judah. What is it that will save any sinner who is saved? They have the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have his perfect righteousness, his law keeping, his steps, his walk. Everything that Christ is, is given to the believer. And that's why God can look at them and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, because Christ did well, and every believer has his identity. So in this story, as bizarre as it may be, we have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Todd Nybert.
praying that God will be pleased to make himself known to you. That's our prayer. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.